Greetings, troubled listeners, and welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Komen, sitting in my safe house on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, what's going on with you, man? Oh, you know, uh, uh, it's it's been a pretty quiet week here. Uh, you know, closing in on the the end of the year. I I I realize this is our final show of the year, and uh, it happens to fall on uh, Festivus. Oh <laughs> yeah, Festivus. Yeah, and I well, I know uh, that's a that's a holiday that looms large for you. I know uh, you know uh, Jerry Stiller was a yeah. I like the ideas of Festivus. I do like the ideas. It's a great a uh, great holiday. But I, I'm 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 really pissed off right now, man, because hmm. um, Time Magazine came out with their Person of the Year, mm-hmm. and once again, it's not me. Oh, so I, I'm I'm, I'm kind of pissed off about that. You know? Sure, I, I can yeah, see that. Yeah, you know, they 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 put in the president elect and the vice president elect as the persons of the year, and once again, I'm slighted. So I, I'm a little pissed off about that. You know. Um, but, uh, yeah, Festivus is great. Uh, in fact, uh, hold on a second, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. You know, Jerry Stiller was, you know, one of my friends and he used to say this a lot. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. <laughs> and then he said this. <laughs> and now I mean, such a genius, such a genius. Whoever wrote that episode is a genius, you know. Um, but listen, we got a lot to talk about uh, locally okay. and nationally. I want to the stuff that I've been wanting to talk about, and I'm sure you've had it in your notebooks. Our, our friend Rutledge Dees. Rutledge D's, yes. you know, yes. Yes, I, I have Rut, Rutledge D's info right in front of me, man. It's funny how people think we set this stuff up ahead of time. I, I assure you, none of this is scripted. <laughs> no, I don't, all... I don't talk to you for, I don't talk to you till the day we do this. But yeah, he, uh, he's going to do no jail time. Right. And he, but he pleaded guilty. Are yes. he, he was found guilty and pleaded guilty. Why don't you give the nation the background because maybe they're not up to the up to snuff with what's going on? Yeah, I think this one might have fallen through the cracks for him, so to speak. Um, so uh, it, 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 the news appeared in the paper just recently. Man, re- man receives probation for tricking women into changing his diapers. Yes, so that's a it's a uh, an attention grabbing headline for sure. So it goes on to say uh, a New Orleans judge sentenced a man who admitted to tricking women into changing his diapers by feigning disability. He he uh, he he sentenced him to five years of probation. And then they go on Rutledge D's the fourth. Again, the people with the with the royal names, you know, he comes right. from a long line of Rutledge D's. <laughs> yes, exactly. It says um, the guilty plea puts an end to a strange criminal saga that came to light in November 2019, wherein uh, uh, Rutledge D's uh, uh, posed as a posed on babysitting apps as the brother of a man named Corey 
no relation to our guest, uh, with, uh, 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 brother of a man named Corey with mental and physical disabilities. He convinced the women to treat Corey in actuality D's himself as if right. he were a child. Right. So, so he, he, he went on this, this, you know, babysitting app and, and, you know, got these women to come in here said, yeah, my brother's here. And then when they would show up, he would be there in a diaper pretending to, to be disabled. Right. And, yeah. Ugh. And and no and and so now he he gets no jail time just only probation. Apparently, uh, he said that he had alcohol problems, so he's got to go to AA meetings uh, as a part of his probation. I don't know if he has to wear a ankle bracer or ankle anklet, whatever they call that stuff. I don't know if they have to do that. But one part of the probation, which what I thought was really cool, is you know he's going to do no time. He got away with his fetish for a long time is that um, part the judge ruled, and this was judge, um, don't remember the name of this judge, but the judge ruled part of his probation is that he has to wear his diaper on the outside of his pants. Okay. Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that part yeah, of it. But yeah. Uh, so that's one, you know, one thing that will, you know, will shame him in many ways. Right. So kind of a, had, a scarlet letter, if you will. Right. He's got to wear his diaper on the outside of his pants. Well, yeah. people will definitely see him coming. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Let's hope. Uh, and those poor, those poor innocent young ladies who who are basically like nurses in training. You know, who right, uh, right. Who uh, they weren't even registered. Uh, uh, you know, they weren't. And they, they you know, they, they got duped. And uh, I get it. You know, uh, he, he has this fetish, and he's got problems. And uh, I, I guarantee he's going to have a lifelong. <laughs> problems with uh with this issue but uh, you know right. anyway well yeah. you know you know like uh we already know of some public officials who have that same or have have you know been have that alleged fetish but uh they weren't duping anybody into it they just hire a prostitute to uh to change their right. diapers and yes, everybody exactly. was all above board so you know you can have your kink i'm not shaming you for your kink it's just the 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 victimization of these people you know, these, right. these caregivers, these, these selfless. And, and apparently, you know, Rutledge the fourth, was he? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you would think he would have been smart enough because it looks like he has some kind of money. He's, you know, from that area, uh, blue blood area, and he is the fourth. So I'm sure he's, he's got that blue blood name. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the, I, I don't know. I've never met anyone named Rutledge before. No, me either. Yeah, I've never <laughs> Rutledge, you know. It's like a law firm or something. But anyway, there's something else I want to talk about. I wanted to talk about this uh, a few weeks ago. It was before the election when, mm -hmm. you know, our, this country of ours is, is divided, still divided, and will remain divided. Um, yes. But uh, there was something that happened before the election um, in, in the state of Idaho. There was a statue of Anne Frank that was defaced, you know, mm. like many monuments are defaced. But right. uh, and the story goes on, it was defaced with some kind of uh, uh, white supremacy kind of thing or whatever. I mean, it's, yeah. it's Idaho. It's Idaho, you know. Right. Um, well, the shocking part of the story so far, Manny, before you get, is that there is an Anne Frank uh, monument in Idaho. I well, mean, that's, that's what I wanted to say. 
you know, why is there a statue of Anne Frank in Idaho? You put a statue of Anne Frank in Idaho, what do you expect? Right, exactly. <laughs> what do you expect? Yeah, you know, what is a statue of Anne Frank doing in Idaho? I mean, I don't I, know. I, you don't know Idaho, you know, uh, but I mean, is there a Jewish community in Idaho that I don't know about? I just don't think, are, are, I mean, are there, are there uh, I know there's Nazis in Idaho. Oh yeah, no, there's lots of Nazis. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a lot of Jews in Idaho, man. Well, yeah, I don't, well, I don't. So uh, why is there a statue of fucking Anne Frank in Idaho? It doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. Uh, no, no that's know. something I might have to drill into for the next episode because it well, is, it is kind of fascinating. Yeah, exactly. Why? I don't know. Anyway, but getting back to our city, uh, mm. uh, and our, I, I don't know if our guest knows about this. Uh, but there was, uh, did you tell the story about a man caught uh, uh, having sex or getting off with a horse in our city park uh, stables? Did you hear I about that? I saw this? that. I saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, it, it's so blatant. And so is, is, that, is that real? I thought that was like a joke. Like somebody no, like that's made real. that up. No, no, that's no man. There's <laughs> no joke to the no. horse, man. Yeah, you know, a horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse, you know. You know this guy... <laughs> <laughs> um, he's yeah, you know, but apparently this this guy was caught on camera, and it's like they get a great look of this guy. I mean, a fantastic look of this guy. I mean, he's got no mask on, and he's basically and the lighting's perfect, and he's basically looking at the camera. And I'm surprised they haven't caught him yet. You know, <sighs> he must be like really hiding right now because. I guess the story goes, he, he went into the stables at City Park where, where they have horses and stuff. No, and is that the police stables? Is no, that, no, no. That's the police po- Okay, all right. No, 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 no. That's, that, that's one thing that the story did say, that the police said it wasn't our stables. So he, okay. didn't, you know, he, didn't, you know, he didn't shame the police horses, you know. Okay. There's just horses there that apparently, I guess, private owners have stables there and they ride the horses. Okay. Or, Maybe they're city park, you know, police horses. I don't know. But this guy walked in, and he looked to be like in his mid-20s. And he, uh, um, he basically um, had fun with the horses um, sexually, you know. Mm. And, uh, I, you, know, what, you know, whatever tickles your fancy, you know, I'm not going to judge you. But uh, uh, he, this guy, uh, this happened, what, two weeks ago, and he still hasn't been busted yet. And you would think someone out there, because the the photographer, the cameras are right on him, and you can see his face. He has, must, it, has anyone come up and say, "I recognize him. I know who it is," or anything like that? Well, um. hey, listen, that's what I'm waiting for because this is so blatant. I mean, his face is there. They put it in, on the front page of the paper. They put it on the on the websites of all the local uh, news outlets. And this guy still hasn't been busted yet. So. Either he he fled the city on horse, or, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, or he's working at the track. I don't know. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you you you'll often find people that uh, that have this kind of proclivity will take jobs that put them in the the proximity of their prey. You know, like uh, child molesters are often you know working for the scouts or you know school systems. So it wouldn't surprise me if he had a some sort of animal husbandry uh, position somewhere. Well, yeah, uh, but listen, a nation. Uh, I don't know what you know. They don't know his name. Uh, check it out. Uh, I, you can Google it, but. I mean, it, it's a blatant photo. I mean, I don't know if you've seen this, Renee, but it's a—it's like an eight by ten glossy of an actor. This okay. is how blatant. <laughs> this is how blatant this photo is. You know, it's just how blatant this photo is. I mean, and you can see the horse in the background, and you can see him in the foreground with his his face looking right at the camera. You know, mm, wow, and, he's uh, taking pleasure in it. He was uh, that's maybe part of the kick, you know, as he, I, so to speak. That, I just uh, know, you know, I, well, I guess it is the NOPD, so they they they, they take them a while to catch people, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Well, hopefully he'll get the same judge as 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 uh, Rutledge the Fourth, and maybe he can get probation too, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Um, it, it it just seems that uh, this year this year we only have a week left in this year, but it just gets weirder and weirder, and crazier and crazier. And uh, uh, it is what it is. And I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm still in pain, you know. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, listen, uh, you got anything else to talk about? Well, I was I did notice, you know, we've been following the the district attorney's race for yes. months now, you know, Jason Williams was elected in spite of his tax issues, but uh, you know, the 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 population of New Orleans seems to be well in his on his side, you know, they they elected him overwhelmingly, over, you know, a large uh, majority. And already he's saying that he's going to create a list of police officers who have been either caught lying on the stand or have ethical issues in their their disciplinary files that would cause you to to you know to to doubt their credibility and that he will not accept any charges brought by these officers and i thought that's a fucking great idea man that's <laughs> very simple it's it's a way for the him to say well, look this is just how i'm going to do it i'm going to tell you now you you if you have crooked cops i'm not going to take any cases from them so you know either the cops get rid of all those people and and you know can go on and, and have credibility with the da or you know good for him man i'm, I'm i like it already yeah, uh, the only problem with that is is that uh, he's not going to take any cases from these guys, and uh, you're going to have a police department of eight people. You know? Right, <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> you know, I was I was thinking I wish that I could contribute to that list because I got a couple of names that I could you know go back and and document through uh, news clippings and my own personal experience that these people should be on the list. But uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. Well, you you you, uh, you news clippings. Well, yeah, yeah, because because once somebody burns me, I keep my eye out for him, you know. And so, uh, okay. anyway. Well, more power to you, man. I hope you. I hope you get this guy. You know, I hope well, you do. You well, know, just but, for the for the purpose of the podcast, let's say I've forgotten all about it and I'm letting bygones be bygones. <laughs> okay, all right. But you know, there's one thing I want to talk about. You know, mm -hmm. COVID. COVID is coming to the end of 2020, and we have this vaccine. And all that kind of stuff. And um, everyone's hopeful. You know, we're all hopeful that everything will 
will uh, be okay. But uh, I, I actually went and got tested for the first time hmm. because our friend and former guest and ex-friend of mine now, uh, Wadzilla. Oh, really? He tested positive for COVID-19. Hmm. He tested positive. And you had been around him? Yeah, well, we watch uh, our, our games together because our, our, we, we root for the same team. And I get together with him every Sunday and, and uh, we watch the game together. But, you know, he works at the uh, LSU dental facility over there by the by, – I don't know where the fuck it is. Anyway, right, right. Uh, and they, they, they're tested like twice a week or whatever. And mm-hmm. I had saw him on Sunday – not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before, I was with him at his at his apartment, and I was wearing my mask, and he never wears his mask. Um, and we were watching the game, and then a few days later, he texted me and said he tested positive for COVID nineteen. Hmm. So I immediately the next morning called our doctor, our doctor, yes. our troubled man, staff physician. And okay. he, he immediately got me uh, uh, an appointment to get tested. Nice. And I was not excited about the test because I'd seen the test and they put that thing straight up your nose and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. my wife and daughter have taken the tests and my wife hates the test because she works for the local university. She's tested like twice a month. So I went okay. to get tested and... Um, it wasn't that bad. I it was not that bad. The, you know, they put a one swab in one nostril, another swab in another nostril, and that's it. And the first swab in my left nostril made me like blink a lot. I was blinking. I was like hmm. kept blinking, and then uh, the next swab up my right nostril was fine. Um, and then and I guess you know some people have to wait days for results. I got my results back within an hour. Wow, and nice. uh, I'm pregnant. So, okay, uh, well, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Manny. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have COVID, but I'm pregnant. And uh, I'm looking forward to being a, a father and a mother at the same time. Okay. <laughs> okay well, it, it, I'm sure that, uh, that caused some exp- uh, a big explanation at your home, but... Uh, Right, yeah, you know, the weight gain, the weight gain, the irritability, and you know yeah. the, um, uh, the smoking of the crack, the throwing up for no reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. All right. Well, listen. If you have nothing else to say, uh, I'm, I'm out of here. Okay. Uh, no, <laughs> but let's introduce our guests. Okay, sounds good, Manny. Um, okay, so our, our guest, uh, he's a he's a Grammy nominated. Zydeco artist. Uh, he's, he's also a professor at uh, at, at uh, uh, University of Louisiana at Lafayette. He's a he's a comes from a, a great Creole family of musicians in Parks, Louisiana. He's an accordion player, singer, band leader, songwriter. Uh, he has a new record coming out on January the fifteenth. Uh, Corey Lede Zydeco. So, without further ado, Mr. Corey Lede, welcome, Corey. Hello, hello. How y'all doing? Good, good, We're man. Good. Thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No, no problem. Now, where are you right now, Corey? I'm home in Parks. Okay. Now, where is Parks? 
Parks is uh, about maybe 15, 20 miles east of Lafayette in between Brobridge and St. Martinville. Okay. God, I have no way. All right. So anyway, okay. So east of, east of Lafayette. Yeah. Lafayette is South Louisiana, right? Yeah. South. Okay. So, uh, and then you're east of that and you're west of where? Uh, I think west is like going towards Lake Charles. Okay. All right. So you're out there. Yeah. Well, not, not too far. Not too far. Well, so nothing's generally- that far. Yeah. Well, do you know, okay, you know where Brobridge is? I can't say. Is that near Morgan City? It's, it's, near, it's near Lafayette. So it's, it's all yeah. that, that whole Lafayette metro yeah. area, if you could call it that. Yeah, like if, like if you come in on I-10, um, if you, I think it'd be west. So yes. you go through Baton Rouge, you go over the Basin Bridge, you keep coming. Um, and after Baton Rouge is Henderson. After okay. Henderson is Brobridge. You would, okay. get, you would get down in Brobridge and go into Brobridge, and it's in between Brobridge and the next town over is, say, Martinville. Okay. Wow. Okay. Right. Really, really getting some detail on the on the on the uh, the fiscal location here. That's good. Um, <laughs> now, now, uh, you didn't grow up there, but your whole family's been there for a long time. And how 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 far back do the Ladays or your family go in in parks that you know of? That I know of, it goes all the way back to uh, the mid eighteen hundreds, mid to late eighteen wow. hundreds. No kidding, man. Yeah, and I'm still looking to, uh, to see how far back, if it goes further than that. But for sure, it definitely goes back towards uh, the mid to late eighteen hundreds because that's when my great grandfather was uh, born and started playing music. Okay, and I was looking at the list of your your relatives who who have played going back all that time. And uh, it's incredible, man. Uh, so was that the same uh, great-grandfather that, that was the bass player with Bunk Johnson's band? That's him. Okay. So then so you, so you, you go back at least that far, but then your grandfather was a, a drummer with Clifton Chenier and Rockin' Doopsie. And you, yeah. you were saying, you, I read in your bio that he's, you, you referred to him as the first Zydeco drummer. Yeah, yeah, he definitely was. Um, because uh, at the at that time, um, when Clifton decided to form a group, because a lot of times for uh, like the the Creole music, it was just like the accordion and a fiddle or maybe a, a triangle or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then Cl- Clifton Chenier opted for playing the bigger accordion, the piano accordion, because he can go in and out of different styles that he wanted to do, and. He, and, and and with that, he wanted to have a full band, not just two or three, you know, people. He wanted a full band, drums, guitars, bass players, horn sections, and the piano player, just all kind of stuff. Right. So, and I saw I saw Clifton like back in the in the eighties, and uh, and he had a big band. I mean, I don't know if he always carried that, but but it, it yeah. was a big band. Yeah, he he always wanted a a big band, and uh, as far as I know, uh, he's the one that created Zydeco, and he's always had a a big size band for that. And he linked up with uh, my grandfather because uh, at the time my grandfather was uh, was involved in a bunch of jazz bands, and that's what a lot of people don't know. There was a lot of jazz bands in and around the Lafayette, Brobridge, Parks, St. Martinville area back in the early 1900s because that was the style of music they was playing. And the, okay. further, the further you would go out like to Eunice and like out to the prairies and Ville Platte, it was more the Creole mm-hmm. uh, music. 
But as you come more towards the New Orleans area, it was all the big band stuff. And that's what my grandfather was playing. Okay. And that's where Shanir is from also, the same area you're from? Uh, he's from Opelousas. But at, the, at that time when he wanted to get a full band, he was working in a town called Lorville, which is on the other side of St. Martinville. And they had a bunch of, again, they had a bunch of jazz bands. They had about maybe 30 jazz bands at that time. Wow. And he, he was around all, all these musicians, and he decided to get a full band and start, you know, making his music uh, more lively. Right. Now, you know, you, you must have known uh, Lil Buck Senegal, huh? Oh, yeah, that's the man. Yes. Now, so, and Lil Buck just passed away a, a year or so ago, a couple of years ago. Um, but he, he lasted a long time. And I remember being on a, a, a festival with him and, and we were standing out, outside listening to another group and drinking. A, he was at drinking a beer. I was having a cocktail and he was he was going and it was a band playing like a two chord song. And he, he was kind of disgusted. He goes, man, you know, everybody has just made this music so simple. He goes, yeah, that's not the way this was, man. When we played this, we played all kind of songs. We played all kind of different forms. Um, you know, it wasn't just like two beat and it wasn't just a one five kind of progression. Right. And so, so I think that's what you're talking about. Like with, with, uh, with, with, with Clifton and all those guys that, that right. it, it was, it was, a uh, Zydeco wasn't, a, a um, a singular kind of thing. I mean, there was, a, there was no. a culture, but, but they played a wide variety of music. Right. And Zydeco, uh, how Clifton created it that's exactly what it was it, it was a variety of a bunch of different styles of music um i mean at, at the time he was also playing clifton was playing modern stuff but he would take it and sing it in french and then he okay. would take he would take older swing songs and early big band songs like stuff from uh, big joe turner and mm -hmm. uh lewis jordan all that stuff he would he was playing all this stuff and he would turn around singing in french which is why he had a horn player and why he wanted to have a full band because these big bands that's what they had the only thing they right. didn't have that as far as i know was an accordion player which that was clifton and they didn't sing in french which is what clifton did uh-huh well, so so i noticed that that you not only play piano accordion you know keyboard accordion but you also play button accordion now did did clifton start off playing button accordion or was he always a, a piano accordion player he actually, uh, he did have a, a a small accordion. Why don't you get the phone, man? <laughs> I'll get back to him later. <laughs> yeah. But no, he did. Um, I found out he did play the smaller accordion, but he preferred the, the big accordion because the small accordion is very limited. You can only go right. so far. And then when he gets on the piano accordion, it's just a piano. So right. he could play anything in the world on a piano. It's like a guitar or a bass. You could play any sure, style sure. in the world. I'm sure that's probably why he he did that because whenever he wanted to switch or if he had to switch he all he had all in one accordion he didn't have to switch no accordions he can just jump right into it right then and there. So let me ask you something the accordion because uh, my grandmother played the accordion and she was from Mexico. Mm. Uh, so so how was the accordion introduced in Louisiana? Uh, what French, what, who who was it the French the Germans? I believe it was the Germans. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, that's how the accordion wound up in Louisiana uh, through the Germans, and then uh, also um, how I got into the hands of the the, the Black Creole people was, you know, uh, that was also around slavery time. So that basically was 
their entertainment. It's like, here, entertain me. And they had to figure out a way to work these instruments. Right. And that's how it kind of came about. And even Michael Doucet from Beausoleil, he said uh, in a, a documentary that the first accordion player that he researched and found in Louisiana was a slave, a black person. Yeah. yeah. My, my grandmother, you know, who grew up in Mexico um, and the Germans introduced uh, the accordion to a lot of Mexicans there in the, mm. you know, in the early 19, you know, 1910s, 1920s. And, you know, they brought like their oompa oompa kind of accordion sound to it. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the Mexicans took that and made their own thing with it. Right, uh, right, right. And, yeah, and, and I, I remember my grandmother, like during family dinners or holiday dinners, she would break out the accordion and she'd play these songs that sounded very polka, but they weren't polka. They were, they were just true to her, you know, her, mm-hmm. her heritage and stuff like that. Right, right, right. You know, um, and then uh, by the end of the night, we tell her to stop playing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there, there is, a, there, you know, I have an accordion player in in in, in my band, the the iguanas, and and so there is an accordion joke, or or maybe several, but the the classic one is, uh, um, yeah, man, you know, it's a really bad scene. Uh, uh, you know, I had left my accordion in the car, and I came back, and uh, and my window was broken. And I go, oh, really? And you go, yeah, somebody, there's two accordions in there now. Dang. Yeah. No, you can tell that if you're an accordion player. I mean, I'm, I'm, I only say that in jest. I love the accordion, but, uh, yeah, but you know, accordions sometimes get a bad rap, you know. Uh, and, yeah, you know. yeah. You know, and, and it actually, me, with me growing up in Houston, uh, my dad, like a lot of people from Louisiana, they left Louisiana look, looking for jobs. Uh, but at, when I was growing up in Houston, um, they, they'd call me Steve Urkel at school. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, but you know, uh, Corey, uh, I had a friend of mine who I grew up with who lived across the street and they, the whole family was from Mexico and the dad made my friend, uh, David, who was the same age as me. He made him learn accordion. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, he'd make him practice like ev- for like two hours every day after school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But my friend Dave uh, used 70s technology to fool his dad. He got a cassette player and he would record his, re- his practices for mm-hmm. two hours on a two-hour cassette. And when he got home from school, his dad said, all right, go in the bedroom and practice the accordion. So what he did was he put the cassette tape and the recorder and just turned it on play. Oh, wow. And, and, he, and it was two hours of him practicing and making mistakes and practicing and all that. Kind of, the whole time his dad was like in the next room reading the paper, smoking his pipe, thinking that his son was practicing. The whole time he was with us down the street playing touch football and stuff like that. Classic. Oh, <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah. And now he's a councilman for the LA uh, city district. Oh, cool. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say, if he'd spent all that time practicing, he might've been led into a, a life of ruin in the music business. So it's well, he didn't, was, he, he didn't spend time practicing. He played the tape recorder. The tape was practicing. He was out <laughs> playing football. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. That was, that, well, you probably make a good DJ now though too, huh? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Actually, he's 
Actually, he's blind. He went blind. Oh. 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 Yeah. Well, I think he could probably still do that, still DJ blind. I don't know. That, that'd be a good, good – uh, there's got to be some blind G- DJs out there. Better than, um, better than being deaf. It'd be hard. And he lost his feet, too. He lost his feet. Oh, wow. Oh, jeez. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, well, so, so uh, Corey, back to your, to your record – the, this Creole culture, I, I, real, I, I know you're a big student of it, in, in, and, and part of your study has, has been this, this uh, Creole-French dialect, uh, Cori Vini. Is that how you say it? Cori Vini. Okay. Tell us about that. That is uh, the, the style of French that they speak in uh, the area where my, my dad is from, like in the parks, Brobridge, uh, St. Martinville, Cecilia area. And it's a dialect. It's not the same. Um, it's not the same kind of French like you would speak. Like if you go again, like towards the Eunice in Phil Platt area, you could still understand it. But it's, it has uh, a different slang. And uh, like in French, uh, I know that sometimes you flip the verbs to uh, to make it to make it work. But in Coutivini, okay. in Coutivini, you actually speak it in the French. I mean, uh, in the English form. So the, okay. each, each word has it has a, a a meaning in Kudi Vini, but you don't have to flip anything. You speak it. You speak it in the English form. So, are you able to understand this language from your area in someone who speaks it in Eunice? Is it the, is it the same? Are are you able to understand? Yeah, you'll you'll under, You'll definitely uh, understand most things. A few things you um like. Uh, I hear like uh, uh, some of my friends that are from the Eunice area that speak French. They when when they say certain things, they would say it one way, but then they come to Brobridge or Parks and we say it another way. They still understand it. It's just not how they would say it. So give so, us an example. Uh, okay, so like um, in the the in the Eunice area, they and th- if they ask you how are you doing in French, they might say "Como ça va," mm-hmm. right? But then in Parks, they'll say "Como toye." Hmm. So it means the same thing. It's just they just say it differently where where we're from. It our, our style is like it has a lot more African, um, uh, Indian, Spanish kind of vibe with it. Like all that's mixed in there because in that area a lot a lot of that was uh, living there. So they had to come up. It's basically basically they had to come up with a whole other language so everybody could communicate with each other. Right. And the people from Eunice were more French influenced, so they say it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing so. Um, a lot of my time has been spent on our side, so I'm just I'm guessing so. I don't want to speak for you know people on that side, but I'm just I'm just guessing so. Okay. So your family speaks this this uh, this Creole dialect, and that's you learned that from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it's surprising because a lot of the well. I mean, all of French was suppressed in South Louisiana for a good long time. It was discouraged right. and t- to speak it, and a lot of people, you know, they didn't teach it in school. And then mm-hmm. when when they did start to teach French again, they didn't teach uh, Cajun or or the the Creole dialects. They taught like f- like modern French, yeah, so, like the real the real French, <laughs> right? Like today's French, which totally was you know, so so it was a real a real uh, labor to to um yeah. to rescue all these 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 indigenous dialects exactly yeah 
and I'm I'm real uh, into the Cootie Vini. Uh, of course, I've heard it all my life from my dad and my cousins and and everybody like okay. that. Um, but my dad grew up sp- uh, speaking it um, just in the household. That his parents would speak to him in in Cootie Vini, and that's that that's how he learned. And but at 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 the time when I was coming along, I'm a part of the generation where our parents didn't want us to speak because they didn't want us to know what they were saying. Okay. <laughs> so whenever, whenever they wanted to talk about adult things, they'd switch. Huh? Okay. Secret code. Yes. Yeah, secret code. And um, so, uh, you know, gr- also, like I say, growing up in Houston, I mean, I always wanted to learn, but and my dad, actually, he actually started teaching me a little bit. But one time I kind of picked up on what he was saying and then he shut it down after after that. So, <laughs> OK, so I've been, you know, ever since then, I've been really trying to, to to get back in it. I could understand more than I could speak. It's like I could I could understand it coming at me, but I can't think of the words to respond. That's the same with me, with my Spanish. Yeah, I can understand it. But when it comes to like, the problem I have is like someone will say something to me in Spanish and I'll understand it and I'll know what the answer is I'll, and I'll give them a response in Spanish. And then sure enough, they think, okay, you, you're fluent. And they start. I just said to check, please. That's all I said. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, yeah. and they have, they have some speakers that they speak it so well. They, like you say, they speak it so fast. Uh-huh. That you can't even understand what they say. And to be fair with me, if you speak English too fast, I'm not going to understand what you say. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all of us here. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, de- definitely, man. I uh, uh, definitely want to put this on this new record. Um, for this record, for me, half of it is um, is in Kudivini, and that's a lot for me. I've I've done a few songs in the past, but it's only been like one or two. But this mm-hmm. one here is is half of it, and the reason for that is I really want to connect with my ancestors and spiritually. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I never met my grandfather, of course. I never met my great grandfather, so mm-hmm. I would like to learn their language and just keep that going, and maybe even influence other people to to want to learn how to how to speak it, because I think that that's cool to learn a, another language, you know. That's and I want to I want to sh- share my family's language to everybody and you're doing you're doing it through music yeah yeah but for of course i gotta learn it so <laughs> right right well th- well these things are precious man you know if once once they're gone the you know that like this is your one chance to preserve all this you know it's uh right. this, th- this is the time to do it when you still have relatives and and you right. know you, you and uh yeah man that's that's so cool there's a lot that's gone, you know, from from our culture and e- even within our family. Like, you know, times just change and the world changes. So, but the language, I think, is is something the the language and and the food. Like there there's there there's a lot of uh, different type of types of food that they used to cook back then that they just don't cook anymore. Or if they cook it, it's hmm. not the same. Really. Like uh, just simple, like macaroni and cheese. The way my my aunt would make macaroni and cheese, I'm telling you, it would it would be a fight for that last bite on the table. <laughs> it, okay. it was it, it was that good, and but she would nice. make it. She would make it the old way, the way uh, she grew up. Um, you know, eating it. She was born in in the 30s, early 30s. 
So just, right. you know, simple stuff like that or, or, or even uh, desserts like they used to make their own, they used to make their own ice cream. And they used okay. to they used to make their own cinnamon rolls, their own honey buns. They would make their own. They didn't have to go to the store. They'd make their own, just stuff like that. Right, right. So Corey, so they'd make it their own way. So that was with uh, the blood of a pig. Uh, well, that's if they were making uh, if that that's that's if they were making red boudin. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, right. and, and actually, boudin the, the casing, the original casing was the actual intestine. They'd clean that. Yeah, there you go. See, like the casing mm-hmm. they use now, I don't. I'm, that's that's good, but in those times, they would actually use the intestine. They would clean that good. You know, I love a lot of food down here, but the boudin, I'm not a big fan of. I, I oh, just really? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the boudin, but I'll I'll eat a lot of shit down here that <laughs> that, that people shouldn't put in their bodies, but I do. Um, <laughs> but. The boudin, I'm just not a big fan of it. But anyway, uh, let's get a... Corey, this is where we take a break. And if you need to refill your cocktail or your water glass or your lemonade or your your blood of a goat, um, (laughs) (laughs) we'll take a break and we'll be right back. So Troubled Nation, take your break, come back, we'll be right back. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coleman. Back with our guest, Mr. Corey Lede. Now, Corey, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this terrific product that's a, that's a sponsor of the Troubled Men podcast, but uh, but it's a great one. So, uh, okay. Manny, why don't you tell Corey all about this? Corey, this product is sweeping the nation. Not just the troubled nation, but our nation that we live in. Okay. Um. Uh, I don't know uh, what your uh, hobbies are. I don't know what your uh, your uh, vices are. I don't know any of that stuff. But I do know this: you'll love this. It's called the Velo Bar, Corey. Okay. Mm. The Velo Bar, V E L O B A R, Velo Bar. It is a uh, a protein bar. Uh, but what's different about this protein bar? is that it's got uh, 25 milligrams of CBD hmm. per bar. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with the CBD, but it's taken the nation by storm, the CBD. 
Wow. And uh, it's, it, it's, uh, it's a great bar, and it's legal because it's getting more and more legal across the country, uh, the 25 milligrams of CBD per bar. And it's a, the perfect dose to take the edge off of whatever you're dealing with right now, Corey. And okay. I don't know if you're dealing with a lot of stuff. I, I don't know. You, you seem like a happy guy, uh, a very uh, well-secure guy, a, a well-secure man who's comfortable in his shoes. But this healthy protein bar that'll fill you up and it'll calm you down, whatever you're stressing with right now. And this year's this year's been you know it's been a bad it's been a rough year for a lot of people. Ooh, I was I was yeah. just I was just about to say this year, like you said, I'm I'm pretty much a happy-go-lucky person, but this this year has definitely. Yeah. Tap me out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this is a stress relief bar, and the whole world's freaking out. And, and this bar is a fabulous protein bar. It's made of plant-based protein from healthy superfood ingredients like pumpkin seeds, hemp hearts, chia seeds, and, of course, that 25 milligrams of CBD, which is fabulous. So you know what, Corey? What's that? It's the end of the year, and you know people are looking for a way to uh, uh, get relief, and maybe it'd make a perfect stocking stuffer. Uh, right now, Corey, if you go to VeloBarCBD.com and order one of the two fantastic flavors, which is dark chocolate or peanut butter, and you use the Troubled Men 15 promo code, you'll get 15% off your order. 15% off your order. And this is the kicker, man. This is the kicker. Free shipping. Oh, you can't beat that. <laughs> Cannot beat that. Free yeah. shipping for the Velo Bar. Spell, spell, spell it out to me one more time. My pin, pin wasn't working. It's called Velo Bar. Uh, it's the V as in victory, E as in erection, <laughs> L as in laughing. O as in oh boy, and B A R bar. Okay. CBD.com. And uh, use our code, the Troubled Men 15 code, and get 15% off your order. And shipping is free. And I think, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, Renee, our friend who was Corey, the, the CEO of this company, was on our show. Okay. And uh, we got him right off really quickly. Anyway, um, no, uh, no. Um, he said that uh, I think he texted me something. I think Renee has some new info. There's something new for the new year, right, Renee? Well, we have a very special one day uh, discount code. It's a special oh. uh, New Year's Day only deep discount. So if you for New Year's Day only. Uh, you can get $20.21 off any order over $50. Oh. If you use, yes, $20.21, you know, for the 2021, which is the year we're going into. So $20.21 off any order over $50. When you use the the code VELOTROUBLE2021. So V E L O T R. O U B L E 2021, and that's for New Year's Day only. So, uh, you know, oh, okay, so hmm. well, that's a great New Year's gift for the nation, yes. yeah, yes. So, that's yes. a $20.21 off any order right. over 50 bucks. And I, right. I, I and if I if, if I'm not uh mistaken, um, 
pretty much every order is uh, about 20 to 50 bucks. So that's a great deal. That's, that's a pretty good deal. Idea. Yeah, that's yeah. a great deal. So Nation and uh, Corey, tell all your friends, um, get on it right now. Uh, so it's if you make this order on New Year's Day, right? Okay. Yes, yes. One day only. Okay. One day only. So it's at 20. All right. Well, I'm going to remember that big time. Man. I'll tell you that. Okay. All right. So anything else, Renee, going on well, with the new? Well, just as, as always, you know, if you want to support the Troubled Men podcast directly uh, to defray our operating costs or uh, buy us a cocktail, you can jump on that PayPal link there uh, in the in the show notes or the Facebook page and, uh, you know, become a part of the show. I mean, a lot of people are listening. Uh, it's, it's a lot of free content. You know, we have, uh, we have the, the Velo bars, uh, you know, keeps us in, in, in Velo bars, but, uh, unfortunately our, our host company doesn't take Velo bars as payment. So, uh, so we're, we're, we still appreciate any, uh, any direct support. So, uh, enough of that back to our guest, uh, Mr. <laughs> Corey Leday. Yes, so, sir. So Corey, you, you recorded this record. Well, let me say this record is coming out on uh, on the Nuvo Electric Records imprint. Yes, yes. Which, which is uh, it's uh, Louis Michaud from Lost Bayou Ramblers. It's it's his his yeah. in house label, and we've had him on. They he's he's put out a bunch of his solo uh, recordings um, through there, and Michaud's Melody Makers, and a bunch mm-hmm. of really interesting artists. So you're the the latest artist to come out um, on that terrific label. That's it's got to be exciting, man. I really love what he's doing. It's a lot of weird stuff, like avant-garde stuff, but then also a lot of traditional stuff and mm-hmm. stuff that kind of crosses, you know, that's kind of an intersection of those two things. Yeah, well, you know, Louis is is really good at uh, uh, at what he does. He's really good at um, uh, listening to music and knowing like what to do with it. You know what I mean? He's he's a great mm-hmm. art. He's a great artist. He's a great uh, producer, and he's just an all around uh, great person. And 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 everybody enjoy enjoys working with him. Everybody enjoys everything he does. Like he says, I mean, he he looks for these these uh, these different artists. You know, not the the same everyday artists you see anytime you get ready. It's these special right. artists, and that that's cool. Yeah, man. And so, so you guys recorded this at Dockside uh, Studios. Yeah, yeah. We uh, went to Dockside. I've never been there, but but I hear people talk about it. Like, God, it's magical, man. It's so it, I, I, it makes me want to record there so badly. But people just say, yeah, there's just something about it, man. It's it's incredible. I was just about to say, yeah, man, it's definitely something about Dockside. I've I've been through there uh, several times on other people's projects, you know, like a special guest or whatever, and I've <laughs> never done my own personal project over there. So I said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take it over there. And actually, that was um, a suggestion from Louis Michaud as well when we were talking about doing something for the label. He's like, man, let's let's take it to Dockside. Where is Dockside? Dockside is in Maurice, Louisiana. God, all these names, man. Maurice, Parks, Eunice, Hillary. Where the hell is Maurice, Louisiana? It's um, in between Lafayette and uh, Abbeville. So you, you, you basically you take a left at the three-legged dog to get there, right? Is that, is that no, where Maurice is? No, you take a left by, by the three-legged cow. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, if, 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 you, if you reached the goats, you went too far. 
Okay. <laughs> I like it. I but, like it. But okay. So, uh, what's the name of the studio again? Uh, Dockside. Dockside okay. Studios. And man, let me tell you, they're, they're right. There's something special about Dockside. When you walk in there, you immediately want to record something. Even if you don't have any idea what you want to do, you're like, damn it, turn everything on. Let's just record something. And wow. it, it's, okay. it's just it's just so peaceful. It's right on the bayou. It's so peaceful. There's a, a living quarters upstairs. Um, major artists have come through and, and done projects like uh, Dr. John, B.B. King, Eric Clapton. You know, the list goes wow. on. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I mean, Dockside is... Is uh, I don't know if you can cuss on the show, but Dockside is the shit. Let me tell you like yeah, that. Yeah, no, you can say <laughs> yeah. anything you want. Yeah, on say this anything show, you want. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just wanted no, to make sure. Yeah, no, there's no FCC for this one, man. Well, <laughs> well, 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 Corey, like listening to this record, uh, you know, much like the the throwback records we were talking about, or you know, Lil Buck talking about the wide variety of music from from when he was a kid within zydeco i'm listening to this record and it's got all kind of different grooves on it so you got a bunch of shuffles you got some swamp pop some mm-hmm. just swing kind of rock and roll swing also yeah uh, some some hypnotic a uh, hypnotic solo accordion piece waltz it's it's uh it's yeah. again it's a it's a gumbo album it's got everything in it <laughs> Right, right. Because, you know, a lot of people think of Zydeco and they think of that like that two beat feel, which is part of it. And and I I, I got to say, there's I, I've seen uh, dancers like when a, a Zydeco band is setting up and they're just doing a sound check and mm-hmm. maybe just the drummers playing that beat. And the dance floor will fill up with people just as soon as that beat happens. They don't even care if it's a song, man. They'll just start That's dancing. It. That's it. It's, it's got it's got that, it's got that dance beat, you know. <laughs> and and you have some of that on the record, and you, it's 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 all very danceable. But 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 you have a, a wide variety of feels, which I really liked, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's that's pretty much my style, and I've always been like that. Even on my first uh, project, I had different styles of uh, music on it and recently I, I just figured out why I am that way why I like so many different styles of music um, as I was researching my family I mean I have a family member in just about every style of music you could think of uh, going back to my great-grandfather I mean when they was out doing their thing they was playing like ragtime ragtime mm-hmm. music and right. then as time, time moved on here comes early jazz and then here comes bebop and swing and big band and blues. And uh, uh, another cousin of ours played with, uh, trumpet with Louis Armstrong. Right. Um, an- another cousin played uh, drums with Ike and Tina Turner. Another I just cousin. saw that, man. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah and, and another cousin played with Albert Collins. And another right cousin on. played with B.B. King. And then my grandfather's with Clifton Chenier. I mean, the list goes on. Gee whiz, man. What a, what a deep. Uh, family well of of, of musical uh, experience and talent. Yeah, and 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 that's why I'm a, just a fan of music. It's so deep in me. It's it's really hard to find a style of music I'm not gonna like. It has to be pretty damn bad for me not to like it. I just enjoy music that much. Sure, sure. Well, so so during all this uh, this this lockdown and stuff, obviously you couldn't go out and play. Have you have you gotten to do anything during during all this time? Any live streams or? 
I've done a few live streams and at first I thought it was pretty cool, you know, the, the technology and I, I bought, you know, some equipment and stuff like that to try to stream live. But um, I just I can't really be satisfied with live stream because I'm so used to playing in front of an audience and right. not only just feeding off the audience, but watching their reaction. Right to what I'm doing. And as I'm doing it, you know, live stream, and I, I can't see that. I mean, yeah, they can, you know, text or type and stuff like that, but it's not the same as being on stage at jazz fest or something like that. And seeing the people's sure. face just smiling and people just having a good time and literally feeling that energy because the energy is real. Right. And, yes. and, oh, yeah. and the energy is definitely, it's real. And there is no energy when I'm playing to my cell phone. Right. Yeah. Right. right. I, uh, exactly. I, I understand that totally. Yeah. Well, particularly with with dance music, you know, people with music that you used to seeing people dance. If they're not dancing, you don't feel like you're doing it, even if you know you are. You know, <laughs> exactly. It just doesn't doesn't seem to land the same way for you. Exactly. That, that's that energy. You know. I mean, like again, when I when I hit the stage at Jazz Fest and it's just a sea of people and they 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 came to have a good time and they're ready to party, that. I mean that just it it takes me to another world. Like I, right. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm levitating right there on stage in front of people's eyes. It's is that yes. real? Yes, it's incredible feeling, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. But then when I do it on my phone, it's like I'm playing to myself, and I'm like, I am. St- if I'm playing uh, with myself, I'm I love playing. playing with myself, though. <laughs> well, I mean, hey. <laughs> yeah, don't underestimate the power of that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it has its place, but maybe not for a live stream. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you, went, you went to ULL? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I was teaching music, and I was, um, I was over the, the blues band over there at UL. Oh, you oh, didn't God. go to school there. You were teaching there. Right, right. Now I finished school in Houston. Oh, okay. Because uh, yeah. uh, my wife went to a couple years at ULL, and when she was there uh, in the 80s, it was voted like three years in a row by Playboy magazine as the number one party school in the country. Oh, damn. Well, I missed that. <laughs> I missed those years. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, I just thought I'd bring it up because she told me to ask you if maybe you were around during those days. No, but, I, 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 w- I wasn't, but damn. <laughs> yeah, damn. Well, uh, you know, you could always go back and party. Yeah, uh, yeah as well, soon as they get a, a hold of this virus, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens in the next month uh, with uh, the whole COVID and stuff. But speaking of COVID... You know, I'm thinking, Renee, this would be the great – I was going to ask you about this if you want to come in on this with me. I think hmm. we should open a hospital. Okay. Well, there, there is, can be a lot of money in a hospital, but uh, yeah. ahead, tell, me your, tell me your idea. Well, I'm thinking of opening a hospital because, you know, right now I'm looking in my house. I've got tons of Band-Aids. I've got gloves. <laughs> I've got masks, and I've got scrubs. I've got tons of scrubs. The only thing I don't have are beds. I just don't have enough beds right now. Well, ne- neither does any other hospital in, in the country because <laughs> right. they're all yeah. uh, they're all out of beds, man. I yeah. think there's zero ICU space in California right now. Yeah. yeah so who, uh, who's with me? I just want to know who's with me. Let's open oh, a hospital. 
Oh man, you know I'm always game to, to uh, for some some harebrained scheme. Sure <laughs> yeah. <I'm not. laughs> I, they said this wouldn't work. Yeah, if not now, when exactly? Right. You know exactly. If, if not, if not now, us, whom? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, getting back to our guests. Um. So Corey, have you gotten to do any live gigs during this whole time? I've done I've done a few of them, but like I said, it's 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 just not the it's just not the same. So even the live gigs, it's uh, the because the numbers are so uh, are, are so reduced. I, I guess they even if you can play a gig, it's got to be like twenty five percent capacity or something. So yeah, it's 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 that, and then you know um, even on the bandstand. Uh, we can't be close. We have to make sure we're we're distant. So what I actually what mm. I have been doing, I've been doing my one man band show, hmm. which is uh, where I play accordion with my arms and I play a snare drum and bass drum with my legs. Oh, cool. oh. I, love, I love that kind of thing, man. That's uh, yeah. Have, have you ever made any records like that? No, actually, I used to do that for fun because I was bored, mm-hmm. and then I ended up having to do it you know uh, for the covid days and everything right so I, I never actually thought about doing it like that because um like i said i was just doing it for fun right well because i i see you, you this is like your 14th record right that you're that yeah that this uh cory leday's idaco your four that's a lot of records man <laughs> yeah you, I, I like to record apparently <laughs> nice, nice man. That's, I like I like the great. whole ex- I like the whole experience. You know, just you know, uh, finding what kind of avenue you want the record to go and and getting it together and and then going in the studio and I mean I just like the whole experience. Right, right. Now, um, our last guest, I forget what uh, what was his name, Craig Klein. Um, yeah, Craig Klein. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah he was a couple of guests back. Yeah, uh, he got a nominated for a Grammy. Have you been nominated for a Grammy? Yeah, I was nominated in 2012. Okay, because it came up where they got nominated, but they, they used to be uh, a lot more categories are, are for certain genres of music, but they they put it all into one genre, Renee. Am I right? Right. They used to have like a Cajun category and they had a Zydeco category, which I think like uh, Terrence Simeon had, had lobbied hard for and gotten pushed through. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had that for, I don't know, seven, eight, ten years or something. But then at some point they reduced it and, and consolidated all these different indigenous forms from around the whole country into like mm-hmm. a, a, a regional roots category. So So like this year there's like a... Uh, two Cajun bands, a New Orleans brass band, a Native American band, and a Hawaiian band in that same category. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, the, the, so so yeah, they're, 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 Grammy's getting stingy with the with the awards, you know. Just like uh, Jazz Fest used to pass out a lot of comp tickets too, but uh, those those days are behind us as well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, do you have uh, a family, Corey? Uh, no, no, no family yet. No family yet. Well, how okay. old are you? Um, 39. Oh, you don't need a family yet. Forget about it. Yeah. You don't need a <laughs> yeah, yeah but, you don't need but, 
but but while you don't have a family, something you do have, which is fantastic, is a seasoning. You have accordion dragon spice creole seasoning, right? Yeah, yeah, I do have that. Actually, I just sold out of the last batch. Somebody wanted a whole case of it. So I sold out of all that, and I have a, another order that's supposed to come back in, uh, hopefully at the beginning of or the middle of January. Where can the Troubled Nation go to find this seasoning? Well, as soon as I get uh, an, another shipment, you can just uh, go to my Facebook page. That's how a lot of people have been contacting me, which is just okay. Coralid Cor- Zydeco, and then we can uh, we can hook you up. Oh, is there I, a promo I, code? Is there a, is there a promo code for a discount? Or <laughs> would you, would you care to sponsor the Troubled Men podcast, Corey? <laughs> well, we'll have, we'll have to see how that works. <laughs> Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just throwing it out there because yeah. you know, uh, food products is where it's at, man. You know, we we have we had a a, a good friend and a former guest, uh, a repeat guest who has been in the music business. He's been in all these these big bands, uh, in uh, you know, Queens of the Stone Age, and and uh, mm. runs a studio. But then they started a, a mezcal company, Rancho Della Luna Mezcal Company, and I think mm-hmm. they're making a killing in the in the mezcal oh, wow. business. Oh, that's so, good. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, it's yeah, that's alcohol. Everyone needs alcohol, man. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> right. You know, um, but uh, so um, Corey, um, you're a Lede, and and uh, I I. I Look, I, I googled the the word Lede, and there's so many famous Ladeys. Now, you can't all be related, can you? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. All right, because there's like Rosie Lede. Are you related to Rosie? Yeah, that's a cousin. Okay, cousin. Okay, and uh, how is she doing? She's doing well. Uh, I haven't. Uh, talked to her in a while but i think she's back in the studio i think she's working on some new stuff so hopefully she'll be releasing something new in uh in the coming year okay good um and and and, uh there's uh you've got uncles and cousins and tell us uh, what's your favorite story about one of your famous relatives like who is uh uh uh, cousin hypolite iron man hippolyte uh yeah that's that is my cousin john poch john poche's grandfather okay and john poche is a a, a famous jazz piano player that's the one that played with bb king for a while oh, okay so iron man was was his grandfather mm. all right and how does he get the name iron man uh they said the reason uh, he got that name is because uh, he was a, a trumpet player and he had he had a, a lot of air in him so he can play without breathing or something like that for, for <laughs> a long time so they just called him iron man so he could live without breathing basically <laughs> yeah but, <laughs> i guess or, or some kind of way he, he can he can blow out and breathe in at the same time or some kind of crazy stuff like that <laughs> so as an as an accordion player i'm sure you're you can play piano mm-hmm. and, and other and what, what instruments can't you play I cannot play guitar. I tried it, but it doesn't work for me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And and fiddle. I've tried fiddle. That doesn't work for me. Okay. Can you play bass? Yeah, I, I do play bass. And I and when I found out my great grandfather was a bass player, I'm like, well, damn, that's why. <laughs> okay. <well>. okay. <laughs> Beautiful. That's 
You started off as a drummer uh, back in Houston, though, right? Is that was when you were yeah. first playing in a band? Yeah, I started off as a drummer. Um, I found my grandfather's drum set in the garage. That's when my dad had kept it. And then that's when my dad, uh, I was asking him about it, and he was telling me, you know, there was a drum set for his dad, my grandfather. So I started beating on those. And then he turned around, he bought me a real drum set because he didn't want me to, to mess up those drums because they were already old, obviously, at that right. point. So he got me a real drum drum set, and I started with that. And I just started playing drums, and I played drums in school. I was uh, in the, the marching band, played snare drum, bass drum, quads, stuff like that. Nice, because they don't have accordion in the school band, so you would have no, been no, shit I, I, out I, of luck. Yeah, no, I tried. They, they wouldn't down for that, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so now uh, we're here at 2020. What's the future hold for you? Well, um, you know, I, I just really hope that we can get through this this pandemic thing and hope that we can just get back to um, playing gigs. I mean, the musicians need to play just as much as the audience need to, to, to get out. I mean, we need each other, you know, um, it's, it's and it's therapy for me. I mean, it's, music has always been there for me. Um, whenever I'm going through something tough, you know, I turn to music. Or, you know, just any, if I'm happy, I turn to music. If I'm mad, I turn to music. And right now with, with all this stuff going on is I have nowhere to turn. So I'm hoping that we can get through this and get back to what we enjoy. And I hope that um, once we get through it, it'll be better, even better than what it was the first time around. That's a good nice. way to look at it, man. That's a good way to look at it. But yeah. nice. hopefully, I, I don't see it happening for at least another six, seven months, but we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens. Now, do they have Mardi Gras parades in parks? Yeah, they have, uh, they have just about every town has their own uh, parade. So parks, mm -hmm. parks has their, their thing, which, of course, is not going to happen uh, this this coming year. So. But yeah, every town has uh, their own parade, like Lafayette, um, Eunice, Ville Platte. They have their own their own parades. Now, do they have like uh, Creole um, Mardi Gras traditions? I mean, so well, one thing I wanted to ask you: uh, are, are the Ladays Catholic? We all raise Catholic. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Right on. Um, so uh, get off the are, show right now. <laughs> no, no, the show is most of the show. It's, it's, I would say our, of, of our guests, they're about, uh, 60% Catholic and about 35% Jewish and about 5% something else. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and, I, and I'm the 5%. Oh, I'm the five percent. You were—I count you as a Catholic man. You were raised Catholic, I, you know. I, I, no, yeah, well, yeah, I had Catholic parents, but uh, that was about yeah, it. Yeah, you, you had a Catholic Catholic upbringing, anyway. <laughs> um, nominally, nominally Catholic. Um, you are Italian and Mexican, Manny. It's you don't get much more Catholic than that. <laughs> yeah, but both my parents uh, shunned the church, you know. So no, I we get that. Didn't, I, I, no, we I get didn't that. have to do any of that. Not like your parents, you know. Anyway, go ahead. I was going to ask you: Are there are there Creole uh, um, Mardi Gras traditions? Was there something specific that y'all did that went on in 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 your family for that, or? Uh, I just know that um, when 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 they would do the Mardi Gras, and they still kind of do it now, but it, you have to be real careful with it now. 
but uh, what what they do is the, they'll have people dressed up, you know, Mardi Gras uh, attire and everything like that. And then if you would act up, they would whip you. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. So like, if what do you, you mean by acting up? Just be crazy or out yeah, of control? Yeah. If you just be crazy, if you know, if you you you, you get drunk and you start just going crazy, then they'll 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 come at you and it'll be it won't be just one of them it'd be like maybe five or six of them they all got uh these whips and they just come oh, jesus and whip, whip the crap out of you if you're real beat down wow man that's that's going real old school there yeah, yeah. Uh, and how old do you, i mean how old do you have to be to be whipped uh, can you be a five-year-old acting out of control and they'll whip you or you have to be oh, like yeah. oh yeah but that, but see uh they, they wouldn't whip you like to beat you, they would, you know, it would be a real whip, but it wouldn't, they wouldn't do that to, to beat you. It was, it's all okay. kind of like, it's all kind of like fun and games. I mean, they'll tag you Play now. Acting. But it, right, yeah. Right. Well, no, I mean, they'll tag you, but it's not like, you know, 12 years a slave tagging, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, Just uh, more, uh, more, uh, more ceremonial than, uh, than, uh, than anything. Yeah, right, yeah, but, right, you know, right, and right. nowadays, nowadays you have to be careful with that because everyone, oh, you ain't hitting my baby, you're not hitting, and all kind of stuff. You know, they, they didn't took the fun out of the stuff, you know. Sure. Oh God! <laughs> Took the fun out. All right, of the beating. Yeah, All right. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah child so basically, services. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's like that old Richard Pryor bit where uh, Richard Pryor, his dad, you know, would want to scold him and say, "Go get that branch off that tree." <laughs> yeah, and then he'd whip him with the branch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That though, now that that happened. I think I was the last generation that experienced that. <laughs> Okay. Oh, you have to go yeah. cut your own switch. Yeah, yeah. You get you oh. get your you get your own switch, and if you come with with one that's too small, then they will go get the switch that they want to use on you. Oh, jeez. Right, well, I, I, I'm very glad you're not a parent, Corey. <laughs> yeah. Glad those days are behind us. You know, I, I think Corey, when you if if and when you do become a parent, that you will uh, you will take that knowledge and 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 uh, you know and and have a different kind of childhood uh, experience with your child. You you understand? I would definitely like to hope so, but from what I've seen uh, with kids nowadays, I don't know. I think they need to bring 50% of that back. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, well, you might be right about that too. And there's probably 50% of the country that agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, 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 I remember one story. Uh, my dad was supposed to, he told me this when he was a kid, he was supposed to do the dishes before he went to bed. And he didn't. And his mom had, my grandma had went out somewhere, so she came back home late. And she saw that the dishes were not done. And he said the next thing he knew, she was on top of him, like straddling and just beating up like with her fists. Like a oh, girl, like, bo- bo- both fish just bum bum bum, and just no. and just cussing them out in French. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, thank God good those times, times good us. times, yeah, good, good times, times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good times, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I that's cool, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but needless to say, he didn't forget to do the dishes no more in well, life. That's oh, yeah, exactly, oh, exactly. God, maybe I should do that with my daughter. Who? Uh, <laughs> well, well, it, it has to do it with age too. You have to know, you know, because he said like the the older you got, the more you messed up, the beatings got worse. 
Oh, uh-huh. gosh. Yeah. Because you're old enough and you're big enough to take it. Well, yeah. And, and you should be smart enough to know by now. Yeah. And, then, know, and then, like my uncle, he came home one time and, and he was drunk. And my, my grandfather, the drummer, he said, don't ever come to my house drunk. And that was his one rule. He said, do not come to my house drunk. And so he showed up with his wife, my aunt, and uh, he was drunk. So my, they say my grandfather took him by the throat and lifted him up on the wall with mm-hmm. one arm by the throat and was cussing at him in French. And he said by the time he let him down, he was sober. <laughs> and he, well, he needed a change of underwear yeah all, all in the front of his wife too she was laughing oh, oh. okay <laughs> okay we're well, getting getting some real uh some real the day history well, yeah, you know uh, uh i remember uh my mom told me um uh, uh, she grew up in you know she was a young kid in the 30s 40s in los angeles and my grandfather caught her smoking, and he uh, he took her by the hand and turned the gas the gas light on uh, on the oven and put her hand over it. Oh for, man! For for a long for a very long time until she was screaming and crying. She's like, "You're never smoking again," and and you know she it, he burned her hand over the gas stove, and uh, you know. It, she was a two pack a day smoker after that. Oh, <laughs> it really, uh, really locked that in. Yeah, okay, it didn't. Well, uh, it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, nation, uh, please don't take that advice with your own children. But uh, <laughs> well, well, it, it worked for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Hey, listen. You know, I had a, a a father who was a baritone opera singer, Corey. Right. And if I got in trouble. I mean, his voice, he'd raise his voice mm-hmm. in that, in that operatic tone. And I got scared the shit out of me, man. Just the tone of his voice did it for yeah, you. Yeah, that, that was it. And he was like 6'2", 185 pounds. And um, um, he was a good guy, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, a parent. Uh, being a parent is a tough job, you know. Yeah, it, it, it sure. definitely is. You know, um, and uh, that's why I let my wife do all the parenting. I just sit in my room watching TV and, and, <laughs> and, um, and ha- having you know, your drink. three cocktails for the evening. Yeah, um, having my three you know. cocktails for the evening and 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 wondering when I'm going to need diapers. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, Corey, thank you so much for being on the the last show of 2020. It's been the most horrible year ever, but, uh, you know, you didn't disappoint as our final guest. And uh, we're so excited. You have this new record coming out in the new year, 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited myself. Right on, man. Yeah, so when does that come out? It comes out on uh, January 15th. And where can the nation find it? It'll be on NouveauRecords.com, and it'll be on all um, platforms like iTunes, Spotify. It'll be all over. Can I get it on vinyl? Uh, you know, I think we talked about it. Um, I, have, I don't know if we've decided if we're going to make a small amount or not. I'd have to check with Louie, but we did talk about it. Yeah, because I'm in, you know, because... 
about a year ago, uh, uh, a year ago this time, my wife got me a, a turntable. Okay. Because uh, our turntable was bad and we just threw it away. But we got a new turntable. And uh, I used to have about a 500 uh, vinyl record collection. Wow. But I lost about 300 of them to a mudslide in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Mm. I was living in a basement apartment in Hollywood, and there was a mudslide, and I lost half of my record collection. Oh, man. So uh, I've been trying since probably in the last five years, I've been trying to get those old vinyl records that I lost. Some of them are easy to get back, and some of them are very hard. Uh, and our good friend, Lefty Parker, Renee, yes, has been helping me try to get those old vinyls that I, I've lost. Okay, a lot of them nice. were movie soundtracks, because I'm a big movie soundtrack collector. I love movie soundtracks. Okay. And uh, uh, so I'm just curious. So uh, if it is available on vinyl, I, I'd love to uh, know if it is, and I'll, I'll buy it. I'll definitely let you know. Um, and I actually, I hope we do, because I've never had like an album album. I know we say album, but it's like CDs and stuff like that. Right, yeah. I've never had an LP. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, I've owned a couple of, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I had, you know, like the Michael sure. Jackson stuff and stuff like that. Right, sure, but sure. there's nothing better than opening that sleeve and looking at the liner notes and it's... yeah. It's like opening an, a Christmas card, an, uh, 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 an envelope, something in the mail. You know, you get an yeah. envelope in the mail, it's addressed to you. You open it, and it's something that you're interested in. You talk, and, and it's got all this information. Right. And, uh, uh, in fact, uh, uh, Corey, uh, our good friend Lefty at Euclid Records, I'm going to give a plug to them because they're fabulous. They're the best record yep. store in New Orleans. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I asked him if he could find a copy of, because uh, I'm into set movie soundtracks, and I got a, a copy of uh, James Bond's Thunderball soundtrack, mm. which is, if you love uh, Jamaican Calypso type of music, this soundtrack is full of it. Because oh, cool. the, the whole movie takes place like in the Bahamas and stuff, and Jamaica and stuff like that. That's cool. So, and it's really a good sound. And of course, Tom Jones plays the, you know, sings the theme song, Thunderbolt. Cool. Nice. Fabulous. Nice. And I got it for like 14 bucks. And it's, okay. uh, it's, I'm staring at it right now, in fact. Oh, that's okay. cool. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, listen, Corey, you've been fabulous. Yes. I've, uh, it's nine o'clock and uh, it's time. It's, uh, I'm tired and I'm fed up. So <laughs> yes. I, 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 I got to go. Uh, but you've been fabulous. Renee, uh, you do the closing. Yes, well, uh, you know, uh, thank you for another fabulous year of uh, Trouble Men Podcast, Manny, and I look forward to a, another one with you. And in the Trouble Men Podcast, as always, we like to say, trouble never ends. But uh, the struggle continues, Corey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it does, baby. Good night. Good night. Right, good night, y'all. Well, I'm taking a chance.